0: Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 125 of the Real Life Runners Podcast. Today we are going to be continuing our discussion about comparison by talking a little bit about the prequel for comparison, which is Judgment. And we're going to talk about the Judgment Zone, kind of like the Twilight Zone, and how we can get stuck in that and how it affects the rest of our lives.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: Okay. So last week's episode, we talked about comparison and how comparison is the thief of joy. You hear this saying a lot. And I think that it really struck a nerve with a lot of people. Like we've been getting a lot of feedback and a lot of comments about last week's episode. I think it really resonated with a lot of people.
1: Right. Which is fantastic. Which is why it was great to follow it up with essentially comparison part two.
0: Yeah. Or comparison part like one a you know like because we we were kind of talking about this about how this is kind of like the prequel so if like the comparison episode last week was like star wars four five and six this is really like one two and three i
1: was just about to go there i'm like (laughs) yes it's star wars episode one except hopefully better than that one jar jar binks is not going to show up
0: there is no jar jar binks in this episode even even though you guys would probably all love to hear kevin's impression of Jar Jar Binks because it is a good one but
1: I, I'm sure I got a Yoda impression coming later
0: yeah but I don't know about this uh with this nice like raspy voice you got going on with this little what are you
1: judging my voice over there
0: mini illness that you got going on I'm not judging anything okay so I like the first line that you wrote in the outline here so go ahead and let's start with that
1: right, so last week he said comparison is the thief of joy so I thought judgment is the subtle temptation to steal
0: the subtle temptation to steal,
1: and it's subtle because you don't always realize you're judging. You don't realize how quickly you judge things, how automatically you judge things. Yeah, you know, we talked last week, and if you haven't heard last week's episode, mm-hmm. you should go back and listen to it because it's a good one. Yeah. Um, but we talked about how we naturally tend to compare things. Mm-hmm. You know, you see two things, and we compare. We we rank them, or we compare ourselves to them. We compare ourselves to a previous version of ourselves, a yeah. future version of ourselves. But pretty much anything that you interact with you immediately judge that thing without even trying. It just happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a lot of times judgment does come very automatic and we don't even realize that we're doing it, which is kind of the scarier part of it um, because a lot of times we just observe something and then automatically pass judgment on it. Like we evaluate it and we say, okay, like where does that fit into our current understanding of the world? Like, we, like what you were saying, like we tend to rank things or group things or organize things. Like we talked about last week about trying Trying to take these things and fit them into the puzzle of our current understanding was that, was that last week or the week before
1: I don't know we've talked about that it's it's yeah. how we we take in new material we try right. and make it fit with what we've already got and it's a really good skill it's, it's efficient for our brain to take things and put them into groups
0: categories yeah, yeah. It,
1: it makes your life so much easier mm-hmm. so that's what we do we find a new thing and instead of just observing it for what it is we figure out where it goes mm-hmm. in what we already know
0: right and so So you know, people talk about like judging, and I think that like a lot of times judgment gets looked at itself in a negative light, which is kind of funny. Like the the idea of judging is a negative thing to a lot of people, yet you're doing it on a daily basis and probably don't realize it.
1: Right. If you think judgment is a negative thing, you just judge judging.
0: Right. So meta.
1: Right. I I went there.
0: (laughs) You did go there. So the part of the problem with judgment is that. A lot of times when we see something, judging it often comes immediately and it's often very binary, right? Like it's either biggest issue. It's either positive or negative. It's black or white. It's it's, you know, this or that. It's yes or no. Like it's it's often a very binary action or a, a binary feeling towards something. It's not like, Oh, well, let me just see how to categorize this thing. It's like an immediate feeling of like this is good or bad.
1: Right, which is not always the greatest thing, especially if you you're, meet a person for the first time. Right. You haven't even talked to the person. You just meet them for the first time. You see them from across the room. And before you have a chance to ever talk to them to mm-hmm. figure out who the heck this person is, you probably, without realizing it, have already put them a level up or a level down compared to like your basic, I don't even know this person at all. You've judged that yeah. person.
0: I mean, we do it all the time, you know, and it's it, like you said, I think it's it's one of those things that helps us to make the world a less scary place like you know because meeting people can be a very uncomfortable thing so we're like okay like seeing someone from across the room you see them you see what they're wearing you see if they're like a louder person or a more quiet person like you see if they have a smile on their face or if they kind of look like they're upset or angry like and you automatically start to put them in categories or you start to judge whether or not you even want to talk to this person, right? And, and we all do it. And, you know, I think that it's very, you know, part of what we're going to go into in this episode is becoming more aware that we do it and then trying to control that a little bit more um, and how that will be able to help us both in our lives and in our running. And, um, but just realizing that we do this without even being conscious of it, a lot of times I think is the first step.
1: Well, I'm realizing that, that judgment is almost always happening. You know, one of the things in, uh, like when we take kids to places over the summer, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, like the kids arcade or what the, I mean, it's boomers down here, but it's got like the, the mini golf in the back and the arcade, those, those kind of places.
0: They're so loud. They're
1: incredibly loud. And you know, you've got like six different like summer camps all running through there. Yeah. And well, I'm trying to keep an eye on, on our kids It's good people watching too. Mm -hmm. Like you can just sit back and just try and observe what's going on, Mm -hmm. except. People watching at its core is looking at those around you and judging them.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I know that, that we used to play this game, like when we were out on a date or, or mm-hmm. whatnot, and you're sitting there, especially if you're like at an outside um, restaurant, like sitting outside and you're watching people walk by on the sidewalk. And we used to make stories for people, and it was kind of fun. Like, we used to have fun with it, like, oh, that person's name is so and so, and this is their job, and this is what they're doing. And like, we would come up with this whole backstory just based on observing them for like a minute or two. Yes. Which, you know, some people would say, "Oh, that's so wrong." But like, you know, we had fun with it. Like we weren't we didn't do anything serious about it. But I mean, think about too if you're a member of a gym, like when we used to belong to the Y, uh, there was like the regulars that we would always see at the gym and we had nicknames for them.
1: Yes. And they were all incredibly positive because we mm-hmm. were we were good people.
0: Well, there was I don't think there was any that were really negative. I just I remember Ernest Hemingway. Like he was my favorite. Yes, that's true. Like there was Older gentleman that looked like Ernest Hemingway, and that's just you know he would come with his like he was like his shirt was like buttoned down. He wore a button-down shirt
1: with the top three buttons undone, chest hair billowing out. (laughs) He he was always reading a lengthy novel and talking about his time in the Keys. No, he wasn't. It it might have been Ernest Hemingway.
0: No, I don't think it was Ernest Hemingway. But if it was, I'm supposedly I'm his granddaughter. Perfect. Yeah, because I've gotten that one a couple of times.
1: Um, but yeah, so. It was one of the things we did, and it falls under the category of people watching, and it's one thing to just sort of make up stories. Like, it was the thing that we would do, and it was kind of fun and amusing, but if you're literally just looking at a person across the room like, ooh, I want to go talk to that person, but before you even get to them, you've already created in your mind whether they're uh, a friendly person or not. Mm -hmm. You know, I have parent-teacher conferences earlier in the school year where... One of the things, the messages that I get from my principal is at parent-teacher conferences, lots of parents are going to meet you. They might not all like you. Like, they've already formed an opinion about you before they sit down at the table mm-hmm. because their kid has told you, uh, told them about you. Mm-hmm. So before you do anything, smile and... And shake their hand. A smile and a handshake goes a long way yeah. to essentially disarming them, mm-hmm. because they may be coming in ready to go. Like, what are you doing in my in class to my kid? Yeah. They're in protective mode. Just smile and let them realize that you're an actual human mm-hmm. and not just this mean teacher that their kid has told them about. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And I think that you know this is something that we all do, like you said, especially like when we get into that protective mode of when it, when it's in uh, regards to our kids. You know, mama bear papa bear kind of thing like you're very much going to like start making sure that your kids are safe so then you're going to judge anyone and try to protect your kids from anyone that you deem as unsafe or unworthy of you know interacting with your children right
1: if you're pretty sure that they're doing something that is essentially harmful to your kid whether it's actually physically harmful or whether it's a grade to your kid, mm-hmm. you're going to protective mode yeah. and you believe your kid first, which is great. So by putting yourself out there as just like a person, it sort of takes away some of these initial judgments they might have. Mm-hmm. But it's tricky because those initial judgments are still there. Yeah, That that was there before they even met you and, and judging happens and it colors their picture before they've actually made an interaction. So if you're going out and you're meeting new people... Before you actually start forming an opinion of them, consider talking to them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that this is kind of where we're going is realize that judgment is occurring. Um, And in and of itself, judgment is not a bad thing, okay? Judgment is just the way that your body is trying to categorize and make sense of the world around it, okay? You're kind of judging a situation. It's part of how we as humans, have survived for so long, right? Like you have to have these intrinsic feelings about a situation to say, okay, there's danger present here. Like I need to protect myself or this is a safe situation that I'm allowed to go into. Like, So humans are naturally hardwired to judge the situation and the people around them to make sure that it's a safe situation to be in.
1: Yeah. And when you deal with so many people, your brain can't handle them. Yeah. I forget – I'm sure there was an article I read a long time ago, but it was a long time ago, so I don't remember the details to it, but it was something like you can't, wrap your head around more than like a hundred people at a time. Yeah, And so if you meet a huge group, you automatically cluster them. Mm-hmm. All right, this cluster is all essentially the same person and they're not. Right, Like everybody is actually individual, but you can't actually say, here's a thousand different people. Your brain can't do it. Mm-hmm. So you just group them into things and be like, all right, these people are roughly the same and these people are roughly the same. And then within that group, if you want to go talk to the people just in that little cluster, you made then your brain can ignore everybody else and it can find the details between that group but you initially cluster because it's easier on your brain
0: Mm -hmm. so notice that you actually just do this um but when judgment like at its worst judgment becomes moral and that's Mm. where it becomes an issue okay because judgment itself is not really an issue and and As we go on in this episode, we are going to just talk about the concept of judgment and trying to decrease the amount of judgment that we have just in general um, and trying to shift from judging into just observing. Um, And I think that that kind of shift that we can make can really add a lot to our lives and also to our running. Um, And don't worry, we are going to be tying this into running um, as we go along in this episode. But first, we just kind of wanted to just get into judgment itself because At its worst, judgment becomes a moral issue, right? Like someone is right or wrong. Something is good or bad. Um, That decision is right or wrong. That person is, you know, better than or less than me.
1: Or that food is good or bad.
0: Food, yes. That's a good one. Food is a, yeah, food becomes a a moral issue to a lot of people. And this is part of my issue with food and nutrition and all these different camps and labels that people like to put on things, you know, because if you label yourself as like a vegan or as a uh, paleo eater, or like if you actually put a label, a lot of times, and I'm not saying it's necessarily you, but a lot of people that subscribe to a different um, eating you know, way of eating, they think that their way is best and that the other ways outside of that are worse than that, right? That's why they've chosen that method of eating.
1: You almost have to because especially if the method of eating that you've done restricts you from eating certain things... Mm -hmm. And you enjoy those things. Right. So like in the early flip of, okay, I'm going to start eating in this method, there might be things that you're missing out on. Yeah. And so you have to tell yourself that there's a benefit of missing out. Mm-hmm. And the benefit is that your way mm better. Mm-hmm.
0: And that those things are bad.
1: Yes. Those things are bad. My way is better. And then the follow-up to that, the natural thing that you're, maybe you're not saying it out loud, but the follow-up to my way is better is their way is wrong and I'm better than them because I eat better than them.
0: Right. And And that's an issue. And that's an issue, right? That's where (laughs) the problem comes in. And we're not saying that everyone does this, but we're saying that some people do that. And, you know, are you doing that without even realizing it? Like, this is just kind of one of those things that you can kind of just pull back and think about how you're interacting and and what your thoughts and feelings are about this, whether it's food, whether it's, um, you know, Parenting, that's another big one where there's Mm -hmm. a lot of judgment. And this all goes back to that, you know, vulnerability and everything else that I was talking about um, with Brene Brown, like reading her last book, Daring Greatly. She talks about these. you know, the armor that we put on to help protect ourselves. And one of the ways that we protect ourselves from these vulnerabilities, from vulnerability and and judgment is, um, is, you know, putting these armors on and and categorizing people. And part of the issue is with parenting especially, and I think that the same would probably go with like nutrition and health and fitness, um, but especially with parenting. Parenting is one of those things that everyone is kind of unsure. Like, you're unsure if you're doing it right because you never know in the moment if you're actually doing a good job parenting. Like, you don't really get to figure out if you're a good parent until your kid is, like, grown up and they turn out okay. You know, I mean, you hope to goodness that you're doing a good job, right? But... Um, that's why she even says that parenting is like this judgment minefield, essentially like this shame minefield, like that, um, people feel so much shame and they, they think that, you know, obviously this is the way that I've chosen to do things. So this is the best way. And if you're not doing it this way, then, um, you're doing it wrong. A lot of people pass judgment on others because they're not doing it the way that you're doing it.
1: Right. Because they have to justify their own method because right. they're unsure whether their method is right, mm-hmm. but they've got to stick to their guns. Right. Like I have to say mine's right. Yeah. And if mine's right, that means yours is wrong. And it's, it's not. Right. There's just different ways of doing it.
0: There's different ways of doing things. and, different strokes for different folks, right? I nice mean, that's
1: <laughs> That's got to be true because it rhymes.
0: Because it rhymes. And there was a show yes. ca- you know, called Different Strokes. Yes, so. so
1: that must be a truism. Mm-hmm. That's an absolute fact. Universal law, perhaps.
0: Wow, you're going there. Yes. Okay, so basically, yes, there are different ways of doing things, um, and Right now, we're just trying to get you to understand that you are probably passing judgments that you might not even realize. So we're trying to bring this to your attention so that you can actually just start to realize this, and then we can move on into how we can actually use this to our benefit.
1: I got a running one. Okay. Because we haven't really gone. We need super to. Yeah, I know. Much. I've
0: been thinking about that. I'm like, we're we're uh, need to get into running here. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so one of the things with runners, and runners are actually pretty good about inviting new people in, but.
0: Not all of them, though.
1: Right. Not all of them. And at some point, every runner was a newbie runner. Yeah. And depending on what your introduction was, it really f- forms your picture of of what running is. Mm-hmm. Like, the people that sort of help introduce you to running sort of give you a framework in which running kind of exists. Yeah. So, you know, it, it be welcoming to new runners. Help an- answer as many questions as you can. Right. Like, because people are unsure. People don't want to be doing it wrong. People don't want to get hurt. And, you know, when you're dealing with someone who's been running for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and they're like, oh, that's just what you do. And they, if you're, if you're not careful about it saying, well, that's, that's just how it is comes off a little bit judgy. Like, oh, well you're new. So you haven't figured this out yet, mm-hmm. but this is just what you do. Right. So there's yeah, that issue.
0: There is. And like, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, cause she has a friend that she invited to come and run with us mm-hmm. and. Her friend like is a part of another running, local, another local running group, and she said that she's a part of this group, but she doesn't really like running with them because she feels like they're all very like snobby and clickish and just not very welcoming, and she doesn't really like running with them because that's how they are. Um, whereas like our group is really not like that at all, um, and our group tends to be very very welcoming. Like everybody's welcome, everybody's in, um, and there's really. Not, not a lot of, of judgment in comparison.
1: As long as you don't bring a husband along to a run.
0: Well, yeah, there's no hairy legs allowed. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, part of the issue is um, I think that a lot of times we put judgment on ourselves, right? Like, when we join a group, um, we start looking, like, so for example, a Facebook group, right? Like, we have our Real Life Runners Tribe Facebook group. For runners to share their experiences, their journey, ask questions, get support, right? Um, We've got that. I've got another one with my local running group. And there's a lot of times that you'll join the group and a lot of times people will not post right away right yeah. you'll kind of get in you'll start to look at the posts of the you know what are people posting um and then you, you kind of like feel it out before you like jump in and start posting because you don't want people to judge you you don't want to say the wrong thing and have other people judge you like you said or like laugh at you because it's a dumb question yeah. or because um you know post the stats from your run because you're so slow uh-huh. um or you're too fast like in your in your case like, i don't you know, post
1: my runs you don't
0: post your runs because you don't want to make other people feel bad. Is that right?
1: Right, but why... But, but Why does that need to make anybody feel bad? Exactly.
0: Like your stats should not make anybody else feel bad because your stats are your stats. Right.
1: Um,
0: but there's other people that are the opposite. You know, they don't want to post their stats because they feel like they're too slow in comparison to everybody else. Or they don't want to be seen that way. Um, and that's just that fear of judgment again, um, which then leads to that comparison, right? You A lot of times comparison comes from our own judgment of ourselves and then how we compare to other people. And then we just assume that those people are then judging us and comparing us as well.
1: Right. Then you're, then you're basically acting out of fear of judgment. I know I've done this multiple times of not wanting to post something of like, Oh man, I'd, I'd like to share this run, especially if it's like a struggle, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this, this one didn't go well, but to say this didn't go well and then put times that other people be like, yeah, that went just fine for you.
0: Right. But your times aren't somebody else's times like that's the thing like you and I run very different times and like I was talking about this with some of my friends too like how you can still struggle even though your times are good like two to three minutes faster than like anything that I ever see on a clock that doesn't mean it's any less of a struggle for you that just means that you're naturally a faster runner um well both naturally and because you have a lot more experience and you're just
1: Yeah, but I mean, there was the one day, I don't know, a couple weeks ago that I came in and I was like, oh man, struggle bus for the entire run. And you're like, what'd you do? I'm like, five miles. Like, how long did that take you? I don't know, like 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, well... That, that's, that's brisk.
0: Right. Well, it, for me, it is like for me, I can't, but, I couldn't hold that pace,
1: but I was holding that pace and I normally, I can hold that pace and it feels comfortable. Yeah. And that day I was holding that pace and it was just like, Whoo, this is just, I feel like I am pushing way too hard to be hitting this pace because yeah. it's, it was just, it was a rough day for me.
0: Yep. Yep. And we all have days like that. And I think that that's important for everyone to know that you struggle because I think that a lot of people look at you, you know, with the numbers that you hit on a constant basis and they're like, oh, Kevin's just like such an amazing runner and this and that. But like, I think it's very good for people to know that you struggle also Um, and that like after your Jacksonville marathon, you know, for, for you to come out and just be kind of raw about that and talk about what a struggle it was for you. People enjoyed hearing that because it made them feel like they weren't alone, you know, like that even though you're faster than them, it you still share the same struggles as they share yeah, especially or, or if, very similar ones.
1: I, mean, I still at the same rough patches in a race that yep. the the couple of weeks after the marathon is not a friendly like it's not a comfortable time. No. Like it's just it's rough. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that it's it's bad. That doesn't mean that, you know, anything went wrong or anything. That's just sort of what happens afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm. So here's the, the issue with judgment, okay? Because almost everything in our lives is in the gray area. Like there are very few things that are actually black and white or, you know, A or B, good or bad. Like most of our life is lived in the gray, whether we like to realize it or not. And I think that, humans need to kind of try to categorize things makes us, you know, not really realize that makes us try to ignore the fact that most things are in the gray area because it's harder when things are in the gray.
1: Yeah. The gray area is complicated. Yeah. But you know, like think the last time that you saw like a beautiful sunrise Mm -hmm okay you were probably able to look at it and be like that's a beautiful sunrise and you can suggest that that's some judgment on it that you made it beautiful but what you didn't do right
0: because it was it's just a sunrise like it's a just sunrise. just adding the word beautiful is judgment right yeah
1: but you probably at least kept it there and didn't start making comparisons. Is this the greatest sunrise you've ever seen? Was it better than the sunrise that you may have seen the day before? Like, you <laughs> probably didn't just wreck your sunrise by thinking about it and like, oh, well, let me take a picture of it and then scan back in my phone to the last sunrise picture I had. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of ridiculous. Right. You probably were able to actually just take that in and be like, that's pretty. Uh-huh. And that... That is okay. It's a bit of a judgment, but it's more of just an observation. Okay, okay, and you're certainly not taking it to that's a good sunrise in in a moral sense. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that sunrise is good. Well,
0: well it <laughs> is, right? It's the start of a new day. Yes, that's a good thing.
1: So, um, judgment usually gets quickly followed by comparison and it takes away from your enjoyment of that moment so if you think about when you interact with a new situation around you if you treat it like that sunrise and you simply observe it Mm -hmm. without trying to compare it to any previous or future sunrise you might see then you get to actually just enjoy what you've got
0: yeah I, i agree with that and i want to actually expand on that with another idea um In addition to just observing, I think that when you bring gratitude into the equation, that that actually helps a lot when it comes to judgment. It helps us to really stay out of that judgment zone. Okay, So like say going with your um, observation of the sunrise – I see the sunrise almost every weekend on my Saturday runs on the set sa- on my Saturday runs I run along the beach I run along A1A and I get to see the sunrise almost every Saturday morning And I absolutely love it. And so we'll be running along. Usually we start in the dark and the sun rises as we're running. And someone usually will point it out, you know, as we're running along. Because a lot of of our run is covered up in, like, condominiums. (laughs) But there are definitely (laughs) patches where we get to see over the ocean. And we actually get to see the sunrise over the ocean, which is amazing. And so someone will say, wow, that's beautiful. And you look at it and you say, yeah, that is beautiful. And I just have started to train myself that when I see things like that, especially the sunrise to just, Take a moment of gratitude and just be like, wow, I'm so thankful that I'm here right now seeing this thing with these people. And just like taking in the whole situation and just being thankful and and putting that veil of gratitude over the whole situation, that really helps to just kick judgment right to the curb.
1: Right. So now take that exact same situation and remove the beautiful sunrise from it. Okay. Now you're just off on a run. Yeah. And still drop gratitude over the top of it. For sure. Now you've removed judgment from your run. Now you're simply grateful for being able to go out there and run. And maybe it's a good day and everything is feeling great and Mm -hmm. the wind's in your hair and you're just crushing it. And maybe it's a struggle, but you can still be grateful for that run that day.
0: Yeah. And I've tried implementing that, you know, strategy as well um, to try to give myself a little bit more grace and practice, you know, Mm -hmm. getting rid of the judgment, because I think that as runners, it's something that's so easy for us to do, right? We judge Ourselves, in comparison to ourselves, and in comparison to the workout on the piece of paper that we are supposed to hit that day. Always a rough one, and that's and that's part of the issue with pace based training, you know. And that's one of the reasons that we train our athletes, to run by effort level and run by feel, okay? We we obviously put in some pace-based workouts as well, especially for people that are trying to hit a goal time in a race. Like the pace-based workouts are important also, but it also is very, very important just to run by effort and understand what different effort levels feel like in the body. And that's a big part of how we train our runners um, and our clients because once you start to understand what different effort levels are, you can start to – tease those out and you can just say, okay, yep, this is my level five today or this is my level seven today. And regardless of what the number is on the clock, you know you're pushing yourself to the appropriate level. And you're going to be gaining the benefits of that workout if you're pressing to that level. And even on those days where it's a struggle, right? Like, so say my level five, I don't know, I'm just going to make up a number because I don't feel like giving exact numbers, but say my level five is normally like an eight minute pace. And on this day, I'm tired. I have, you know, a lot of stress going on in my life. And like, I had one of these runs like a week ago or a couple weeks ago where I was hitting paces and it felt way harder, just like you said, you know, on your run. Like I'm hitting these paces that um, should be like a level five and they were feeling more like a level seven or eight because it was just like way harder than it should have been. And then I like turned to my friend. I'm like, this feels way harder than it should. And she's like, yeah, for me too. And it's one of those things that, you know, you can – When you have that experience, you can immediately judge that and be like, gosh, maybe I'm not as good of a runner as I thought I was. Maybe I'm not as fast as I thought I was. Maybe I'm not going to hit that goal that I have set for myself. Like you can let your mind just wander and go down a nasty, nasty rabbit hole of self judgment, right? Like you can do that or you can use gratitude and you can say, you know what? Like I'm still out here and I'm grateful for that. Like I am grateful to be here you know, on this path with this person. Like if you have a running buddy, I'm grateful to be with this person. I'm grateful just to be able to run. You know, there are some people that are stuck in wheelchairs or there are people that are not able to do this and I am still able to do this regardless of if this is the best run of my life or this is the worst run of my life, you know, and that in and of itself is a judgment, you know, the yep. best and the worst. Right. But just the fact that you're out there doing it, you can be grateful for that. And by being grateful for that, you help to decrease the judgment of that.
1: Right. You know, you, you mentioned the effort levels, but the problem is that effort levels are complicated you have to get a an actual good internal feeling for what does medium feel like like what is the sensation in your body does it change as the as you keep running like does medium when you first start feel the same as medium at 30 minutes should it feel the same way and it's complicated it's a lot easier to say hey coach what the exact mile pace should i be hitting for this run yeah and then you know whether you succeeded or failed at the workout
0: ah Yes,
1: And then you can say, yep, let's, let's check that box off. I've nailed that workout so I get the, all of the benefits of that workout because that's, you know, that's how running works. Right. You just check off all of the boxes down your training plan and then the PR is guaranteed at the end.
0: There it is. That's how it works. That's how it works. Like,
1: like we're all just little machines. So you just, <laughs> you simply need the proper coding to go into it. You do the workouts exactly as prescribed and then the results automatically pop out. But it's not. Right. It's way more complicated than that. And it's, it's this gray area and hitting the workouts or not hitting the workouts is not quite as important as trying through the workouts and making sure that you recover from the workouts. And there's a lot of details that go into this thing and figuring out your efforts is, is a good start.
0: It it is. And part of the other really important thing and aspect to look at is the mental strategies that you're using during these workouts, right? Like these workouts are sure they're programmed so that you run fast and you work at different paces and you work at different effort levels and you're training different muscles, but you're also working on the mental strategies. So like when things get hard in a workout what are you going to do about it? Are you going to like lean into it and grit it out? Are you going to pull back and and let yourself off the hook? Like what are you going to do? Because those are the same strategies that you're going to be able to pull from when it comes to racing. Like if you're in the middle of a race and things start to get tough, what are you going to do? You know, and, and you're going to fall back onto some of the stuff that you did in your workouts. And the strategies that you developed in those hard workouts like we have workouts and and you've talked about this before like sometimes you design workouts With the intent of the athlete failing at that workout, like you don't put them in frequently because you can't do that because that'll just crush people. But there are workouts that are sometimes designed for the athlete to fail because they need to understand that they might not hit it. They need to fail. What are you going to do about it? You know, what are the mental strategies that you're going to use? How are you going to dig deep to really try to grit it out or to push harder? Like how, how far can you go with that?
1: Right. There's, there's a few workouts I like. One of them, um, is a good one. I like to break this one out on myself also is go off on like, you know, if, if you've built your miles up so you can like regularly hit like a six mile run, you warm up for a mile, you try and run at like a, a medium effort for four miles and then drop your last mile down to 5k pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Like hard. you're tired, but The tricky one is not the last mile at the 5k pace, don't get me wrong, that's plenty hard, but you know it's coming and you know it's going to be super painful. What happens in the mile right before it? Yeah. Because you've got four that are supposed to be at medium pace and you'll watch and people would, you know, they're hitting there a good pace and a good pace and good pace. And as it gets closer and closer to the part where they know they're going to have to pick it up and it gets painful, they pull back. Mm. They, they're like, Ooh, I'm going to slow down a little bit here so that I know I have enough for the 5k. So I know that when I have to pick up that pace that I've got it still there. It's like yeah. that. that's not the point of the workout.
0: Yeah. But do you think that they are actually Consciously pulling back, or do you think that it's just that they're getting tired in that fourth mile? Like they're still putting forth the same amount of effort, their pace is just slowing because they're getting tired.
1: Depends, and this is why it's great to actually talk to people yes. because I've I've had people and they're like, "Oh no, I definitely pulled back at the end because I was getting a little nervous that yeah. I was feeling tired mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be able to hit the pace in the fast one." Yeah. I'm like, "That's and they really
0: wanted to hit the pace in the fast one, right?" Yeah, I'm
1: like, "Okay, so next time you get that workout." hit the pace all the way through on the medium, yeah. and then see what happens. See what's
0: left, yeah. And that's them passing judgment, right? Like, the, in their mind, they're judging that that last mile is the most important mile of the workout, right? They're saying, I need to have something left so that I can hit that mile, because that mile is the important
1: one. Right. To who? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so maybe... To you, coach. Right. Maybe to the coach, maybe right. to them, maybe to, you know, they've got a Strava account and they've got people following on their Strava account. Like, right. who is it that you're trying to impress mm-hmm. with that last mile? Or maybe you look at that work and you're like... It's probably the last mile that is physically the most important thing. But if you look at it from a mental perspective, then you want to get yourself real tired and see what you can do in that last one. And maybe, maybe you only get a half mile in and then the wheels fall off. And you're like, oh, okay, this is what I need to work on. Or maybe the wheels start to fall off and you can find some mental tricks and pull out for another minute, minute and a half maybe, and then you're toasted. Yeah. But you can't see what your limits are unless you actually try to see what your limits are.
0: Right, for sure. And I think that, you know, you have a very interesting perspective on this, right? Because as a teacher and a coach, you're constantly evaluating and grading people like that is part of your job part of my
1: job I have to, to actually grade people. judge people you know
0: i mean you have to grade people like here's the assessment this is what's going to you know be whether or not you pass or you fail like you get a good grade or a bad grade like you're constantly placing judgment on people according to the standards that you set or that the school sets right, right. so that that's a very interesting place to be
1: Right, so you know, I've had kids that get really excited. They do a lab, they learn something. There's a cool thing that happens at the end, but then they do a really terrible job writing up the lab, uh-huh. and so their grade that hits the grade book is awful. And it's like, oh man, I, that lab was terrible. I have had so much fun with that lab, but I got such a bad grade. So th- I don't like science anymore. This the teacher's so mean. They're throwing all sorts of things back at me. Yeah, but you have to grade something. Like yeah. not, you can't just grade joy and call it a grade in physics. It mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, but there's good running examples of this one also is kids who cross the line and they're super excited. Like, man, I just nailed that race. And we have a lot of races that pass out ribbons to like the top 10 or the top 15. Yeah. So what about that kid who comes across the line? Like, yes, nailed it. And then they realize that they finished 11th. Mm-hmm. And they were one shy of the ribbon. Yeah. They immediately put judgment on themselves that that wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like, yes, it was. That race was phenomenal. You just PR'd by a minute and a half. Like, that's the best race I've ever seen you run. You were aggressive through the whole thing. You're like, coach, I didn't get the ribbons. Right. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Is, because that's why we're all here. We want to make sure that you get a ribbon. It's not. Like, we, we try and cover this so regularly with the kids that, yes, you might get a ribbon. You might not get a ribbon. But- How hard were you able to push that day? Were you able to dig inside of yourself and find something new? Mm -hmm. Were you able to improve personally on that day? Because that's a win.
0: Yeah. And and the opposite can be a, an issue also. Like so there are people that run really phenomenal races and just, you know, fall short of the the podium. And then there're the opposite, right? Like if you're in a race that doesn't have the the best competition and maybe you run a really poor race, you know, like some of the top kids on our team, like they've run races that were not very good, but they still got the ribbon. They yes. still made the podium, you know. Does that just, you know, inflate the fact that you know they didn't give everything they had that day but they still hit the podium you know like what is that telling them
1: well yeah i mean and that's one of the things that you know it's it's another truism of you learn more from uh, lack of success you learn more from from
0: well, like when you surround yourself with people that are better than you, like trying to level up on competition, like that's usually a way for you to improve is to play with people that are better than you yes. versus like playing with people that are always worse and you're, you, you always win, right? But is that. Are you becoming a better player by always winning? Or are you becoming a better player when you play better competition and you're losing more often?
1: Right. You learn from the losses more than you learn from the wins. You're too busy celebrating the wins to try and take the lesson out of it. Yeah. Because you're just like, well, I won. I don't need a lesson out of that. I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, but your competition was really really subpar on that one yeah. so this is what you should be learning out of this race and it's hard to gain a lesson when you're sitting there holding the, the trophy
0: yeah it reminds me of like the first like freshman orientation at notre dame like when you go into the big room it's oh like, this is a good remember a like 500 people or whatever the huge classroom is and they're like they start talking to you about like you know what it's going to entail and they're like yeah you know um so how many of you in in here were in the top 10 percent of your class and like almost every hand and the
1: room stands in the up. room
0: yeah goes up or stands up whatever it is Um, they're like okay great and then sit down and they're like now how many of you are the valedictorian of your class and it's like 50% of the people it's like look around like you know no longer are you like the big fish in a little pond (laughs) hey buddy level up yeah (laughs) like you're a little fish in a big pond and everyone around you is as good or better than you yeah you know so it's like who are you surrounding yourself with and like you know the judgment you know where does it come into play here you know like should you judge yourself poorly like probably not like you know i i would say that if you judge yourself poorly against all these people that's not going to really do you any good but you are definitely good enough to be in that group of people yes. you know um i know for me it was very it was a very interesting place to be because I had never been in that kind of situation before, like where you are surrounded by tons of people that are so much smarter than you. And it's just like, wow, okay. Like, and it, it brings up insecurities that you didn't know existed.
1: Right. Because that's, that's your self-judgment is yeah. suddenly you're like, Ooh, am I good enough to be here? Yeah. Are the should I have been accepted? Was this actually a good choice? Mm-hmm. Like, And the same thing happens in a race. Like, oh, can I actually hang with this crowd? Or you find a new running group and you're like, I think I can go run with these people, but can I really actually hang with this crowd? Yeah. They, they look really fast. And, you know, maybe you uh, still, you haven't run with them yet. Mm-hmm. You're standing there in the starting line of a race. And I know I do it. We've talked about it before on the yep. on the show. I look around and judge people in the starting line about mm-hmm. who do I think I'm going to have to be able to hang with? Who do I think I'm going to have to be able to try and beat?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that we all do that to an extent. Like and even in the middle of a race, like I know I've done it before, like especially when I was a newer runner, like before I've, you know, gotten – To the point where I am right now mentally, I I am much better when it comes to judging and comparison and you know running my own race and all that stuff. But especially when I was new and I'd like watch these like old men run past me, you know, and I'm like how is that guy running faster than I am? Like, gosh, like I am really terrible. Like, you know, especially like the old guy that was like in a speedo that was like flying by me. I'm like, what the world? Like, you know, and, and I, I placed judgment on myself because I'm not as fast as that person.
1: I also, it probably didn't help from the sideline that I was screaming, run faster, the old guy in the speedo is beating you. <laughs> I, that was probably not my best cheering. That
0: did not help me at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think that, you know, it's one of those things that, that judgment – um, is definitely a natural thing that we do, and you know, especially as runners. And the part of the issue with this is that, like we've already started to point out, we can judge other people, we can judge situations around us, but often that just leads to internal judgments of ourselves. And it really is more of a reflection, I think. Like when when we tend to judge other people, it really is just a reflection of the judgments that we are placing on ourselves.
1: Right, because we judge every situation and we go through a lot of situations and so we judge how we're responding to that situation. Right. And it's a habit. Like the more you judge things around you, the more you're going to judge yourself. Also, mm-hmm. it just keeps happening. It's it's a snowball effect. It, it's just what you automatically do. So you have to try to at least recognize that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, that way you're you're able to see like, oh, did I just negatively judge myself on that thing? And why? Mm -hmm. Because if you realize you're doing it, then you can try and figure out the why. And then at least it lessens some of the judgment, perhaps. Maybe it's still there a little bit, but you can think about why that came there and you can, you know, try and put some logic to it at least.
0: Right. Because, um, part of the issue with it also is that like, if we're always judging other people, then we assume that others are judging us. And I think that that's kind of where you know what I'm talking about when it comes to that reflection like this is reflecting on our own feelings of judgment on ourselves like a lot of times that's kind of what happens like we judge ourselves so we just assume other people are judging us or we judge other people so we just assume other people are judging us as well
1: right and then what we do is tending to act out of a out of a fear based yeah. of well if there if everybody around me is judging me look everybody around me thinks i'm a slow runner mm. or because because you're standing there looking around trying to figure out who you're going to be faster than at yeah. the start of a race and so because you're out they're judging other people. You assume people are now looking at you, so now you're looking down at yourself. Like, ooh, am I am I looking fast today? Like, there are plenty of people that like make sure they get their appropriate race outfit on that makes them look as athletic as they possibly can. They mm-hmm. got their good race gear because they feel judged from other people. Mm-hmm. But that feeling that you're judging from other people is just because you're looking around and judging everybody else. Yeah. So you assume that the judgment is coming back. Then you act out of fear, and if you're acting out of fear are you ever really going to be willing to put yourself out there?
0: Mm, I like that.
1: So you got to try and remove some of the judgment from other people so that you don't really worry about whether they're judging you. Right. Because if if no one's judging you, then what are you going to be willing to actually try? Right. Like if you know, look, I'm not going to judge myself and no one else is going to judge me. I'm just supported by everybody and I feel good about myself. Let's give this a try. Yeah. And if it doesn't go well okay, then we can try it again. We can, you know, work a little bit more, try a little different, but we'll give it another shot because no one's judging it. No one thinks it went bad. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Most of the time you're the one that thinks it went badly or poorly. Like most of the time, other people aren't judging it. Most of the time, especially if these people are in your circle, they're going to try to be lifting you up. Like there are people in my running group all the time that, you know, talk about their race race recaps and how things went poorly and how this happened and that happened and, you know, things went downhill from here. And the other people in the group are reading the race recaps and reading their stories about what happened in that race. And they're just happy like and they're saying like so many of the comments are just positive and uplifting and um you know they're not judgmental at all they're they're more supportive than anything else and i think that that's really the essence of this whole episode and the essence of being a real life runner is you know supporting other people around you and trying to lift them up trying to bring more people into the running community to understand like to, to share with people that you know everyone here is welcome here like it doesn't matter if you're faster like if, if you run a, a pace that is a little bit faster if you run a pace that's a little bit slower that doesn't mean you are a slow runner you just run a different time on the clock than the people at the front of the race like and there is nothing wrong with that because like Kevin likes to point out everyone's running the same distance. Like if you're in a race, if you, if you are a marathon or if you run a marathon, if you run a half marathon, whatever that distance is, every single person in that race runs the same distance. Some of them run it a little faster. Some of them it takes them a little longer. But every single person runs the same distance.
1: Right. So assume that everybody out there is giving it their best. Assume that everybody is trying really hard. Yeah. You know, Don't look at that person there they're like, they're taking a walking break. Really? I don't know if they're pushing themselves all that hard. I I bet they are. Yeah. I bet they are in fact pushing themselves all that hard.
0: And if they're not, it's none of your business. <laughs> that's you know, a like good point. maybe they don't want to run that the the race really hard that day. Maybe that's just a training run for them. Maybe that's not their goal race. You know, they could be using that half marathon as a training run in preparation for another half or a full or whatever, and it's none of your business. You know, like <laughs> And same thing with what what you're doing, you know, like, oh, I don't want to take a walking break because I don't want that person to think I'm not pushing hard enough. Who cares what they think? It's none of their darn business because it's your race. It's your journey. Their opinion is none of your business.
1: Yes. That's always a good line. Somebody else's opinion is none of your, your business.
0: And it's even to go even further, one step further with that is other people's opinions of me are none of my business. Yes. You know, and that's one way that you can kind of remove yourself from that fear of judgment because people are judging you. Like I'm just going to get it out there. People are judging you. It's happening every day of your life. Okay. And You cannot control what they're thinking of you. It doesn't matter if you are the nicest person in the world. There could be someone out there that doesn't like you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And once you realize that, it is so freeing to just like be like, "Mm, okay, whatever. Like I can't please everybody. I'm just going to be myself and the people that like me are going to like me for me. And I know that they're going to actually like me. You know, like they're actually going to respect and like me, not some facade of this person that I'm pretending to meet, to, so that I can hope that they'll like me.
1: Right. So these are these are the cores of real life runners: is you know, you're supporting those around you. Assume that people are giving giving their best effort. Yeah. Um, accept your current state with gratitude. We mm. covered this before. Yes. You know, this is who you are. You can strive for more, but you accept where you are with gratitude. And when you're striving for more, you don't do it by trying to shove other people down. Right. This goes back to the support. You rise up and you lift other people up with you.
0: Yeah. And I think that that also leads to that great point of you can be 100% happy with where you are right now and be 100% 100 grateful for it and still want to do better and still strive for more. Just because you want more doesn't mean that you're not totally happy with where you are right now.
1: And accept that you cannot judge others without also putting some judgment on yourself. It's a habit and it snowballs. So try noticing when you're judging and see if you can flip that over to simply observing the things that happen around you. Then you can put some control over whether you want to judge it or not. You can decide whether judging it is worth it or really just a waste of your time mm-hmm. and eventually going to lead back to judging yourself and putting yourself into a negative light.
0: Right. And, and trying to Cover that with that veil of gratitude, I think, is a super helpful trick. Um, And then also realizing that judgment is, is rooted in the scarcity mindset. So when one person succeeds, that does not mean that you have any less success than they do. And it doesn't mean that you are not able to succeed just as much as they are. Because if someone else is able to do it, you should look at that as proof that it is possible and that you can do it too. Like you just have to work harder. You just have to do a little bit more. Maybe what someone else achieves isn't possible for you. Like I know that I'm never going to run a marathon as fast as Kevin and I'm totally okay with that. Like it's just not going to happen like and no matter how hard I work I really don't think I can get there and I'm totally okay with that. Like I don't have to I don't judge myself negatively because of that and I you know I'm totally fine.
1: Right. But it does show that there are possibilities, that there is more that you can reach. And it, it helps sort of say, wow, well, that person's successful. I bet I can be successful similarly. Like yeah. I can continue pushing, I can continue striving for more.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that's a perfect place for us to wrap this up. And let me just tell you guys that Kevin is a total champ. He has felt really yucky <laughs> throughout this episode and he's had to take multiple breaks as we've been recording this because he's just not feeling well so thank you kev for pushing through so that we could get this out for our tribe so we gotta get we gotta get it out there we gotta get it out there right so if if we seemed a little off that you know just know that that's kind of what we were working with and i am please proud don't of you. judge us please don't judge <laughs> <laughs> um so anywho that is what we have for you guys today so um hopefully that resonated with you hopefully that was helpful um and you can see how you can apply that to your running and try to decrease that amount of judgment in your life as long you know um, along the same lines as the comparison that we talked about last week because these two episodes really go hand in hand so in talking about what is possible and people amazing runners doing amazing things um and really using running to um make their lives better and make themselves better and help them to level up in not only running, but in their whole life, we are coming to our runner of the week.
1: Runner of the week. Woo.
0: (laughs) Every time. All right. So our runner of the week this week just hit her PR in the half marathon a couple of weeks ago and she absolutely crushed it. She, um, What was one of these people, like a lot of us, that never considered herself a runner, that never enjoyed running. um, And she started running as kind of a way to deal with some stress and anxiety and things that were going on in in her life and really has taken on this identity of real-life runner in ways that make us so happy to see and we've been able to work with her now for like the past year and she has just been doing some amazing things with her running so our runner of the week this week is kate bleacher Woohoo! we are so excited for you and we're so happy um to see the amazing progress that you've made over this past year it we have absolutely loved working with you um and to to see you just pr in your 10ks in your 5ks in your half marathons um and everything that running has brought to you and your life and the peace and and everything that um, you've gained from it has just made us so, so
1: happy. she got another 10K coming. Yeah. Uh, Oh, she's coming again. She's not anywhere near (laughs) done.
0: She's going to be doing some amazing things both this year and beyond. So when we contacted Kate and told her that we had chosen her to be our runner of the week, this was her response. She said, oh my goodness, thank you so much for the honor of runner of the week. I am so deeply appreciative of the support and guidance that Kevin and Angie have provided me over the past year. Through effective and personalized training plans, Kevin and Angie have shaped me into a runner, something I wouldn't have believed possible even a few years ago. Their challenging and varied workouts keep me excited, engaged, and motivated each week, and I look forward to the podcast on my Thursday morning runs. I have never considered myself to be an athlete and now finally feel comfortable and proud saying those words thanks to the Real Life Runners leaders and community.
1: That's why we had to get the episode out because she listens to it on Thursday morning runs.
0: So there we go. So thank (laughs) you. So Kate, congratulations. Thank you so much for your very kind words. Um, Like we said, we've loved working with you and we can't wait to see what you're going to accomplish in the years ahead. Um, So that pretty much wraps up our episode for this week. As always, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, please head over and just leave us a review um, on iTunes or your favorite podcast player, wherever you you like to listen to us, Spotify, our iHeartRadio, Google Play, Google Podcasts, um, wherever you like to listen to us, please leave us a review. It helps more people to find the show so that we can continue to grow our tribe. So as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. We appreciate it more than you understand. Um, This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 125. Now get out there and run your life.